welcome to One Grump or Two, a podcast where two mates chat about music, film, TV, and anything else that's tickled their fancy that week. Enjoy! Hello, dear listener, and welcome to episode of... Well, good evening, listeners. This is a very special and different episode for us. This is episode 12, and the gloves are off. Yeah. This is this is the um final episode of this season season or yeah. series as we like to call it in the United Kingdom. Yeah, let's stick with season, it sounds far better. Season. This is the, the last of this season. Uh before we take a little sabbatical <laughs> to uh catch up for season two. But this time on this episode, we're calling it after dark. Because as I say, the gloves are off, the bleep machine is out. We're going to keep it on topic, so music, yeah. film, and TV, yeah. but we're going to ramble a little bit and just see where the journey goes. <laughs> yeah, shall I take the first step forward then? Oh, shit. <sighs> this, is a, this is a general conversation point before I hone in on to why I'm making this point. At the end of a boxing fight... Okay, the referee sees the scorecard of the judges. Okay, and goes, yeah, you've got the most points, therefore you're the winner. When it comes to the Oscars, why don't we see the scorecards? Point in question, everything everywhere all at once. Okay, um, we reviewed it a couple of episodes ago. Uh, you've watched it more recently than I have. Um, it's just overinflated crap um it was very easy on the eye it's very pretty on the eye but the story the the jamie lee curtis getting a an oscar for best supporting actress it all felt a little bit fixed i, I, I don't know what you thought about it i expressed my feelings um in episode 10 yeah i believe you yeah. did in the, in the episode before um I just didn't see the point of it at all. Mm. I'm surprised it I'm surprised it won because it it seemed tired and, and dated in my opinion. It's a, it's a story that the, the multiverse pulling from Marvel. Okay, get yeah, it. Yeah. There's elements of Matrix in there, mm. probably way too many references. Yeah. Um homages to Martial arts movies. Mm. I mean, it's 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 interesting that uh, one of the leads from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was the lead in this, mm. and there are fight sequences that echoed that. Definitely, it's, it's. I felt yes, there's some nice little clever bits, and they've modernised that, and wow, that's pretty cool. Mm. But it just also felt tired and dated, and and we've been here, we've seen this, we've yeah. done that. The script wasn't brilliant. Um, some of it felt comical to the point of cheesy. Yeah, yeah. I just don't see how that 
is Oscar winning. And as you've alluded to on many occasions, um, it, it strips it away from those that are excellent at their craft. Yeah. And in the past 12 months preceding the Oscars have done amazing work. Mm. And I just think it belittles that. Yeah. I, I, I think a word that roughly sums up my approach to that film is derivative, that there was nothing. There were a few visuals that were original, but there was nothing original about the script or the actual mm. content within mm. the film. Um, I was massively disappointed by it, but not surprised that it won. Um, the, the Hollywood's going through a lot of changes and a lot of challenges, and it, it does like to uh, celebrate the the cause du jour. And and I think there was a lot of of that going on there. Um, it's it's just yeah, it's just not a film for me. There were plenty of better films, you know. I'd, as much as I didn't enjoy the whale, I would have preferred the whale had won it because that was a film which was about story and acting hmm. um which is typically what those kind of awards are supposed to be about if it was about the most entertaining then why wasn't bullet train nominated it, it's a it's a silly throwaway film but it is bloody entertaining i um finally got to see that at the weekend and i i just felt it was great yeah it was big dumb fun it, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It it big dumb fun, but really well done. Brad Pitt, as always, just superb. It's <laughs> just yeah, a, yeah. just great. But it it had it felt like Tarantino and Richie had a baby, and that's what the film could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and Brad Pitt was just Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, he, he, effortlessly he's, cool. Yeah, he, he's a, he's another actor that does act as himself in every film he's in. Hmm. Um, but has enough charm to get away with it. You know, we, we mentioned I mentioned last time, you know, Ryan Reynolds. You know, he he seems charming and affable, but it's just the same shtick. Clooney's the same as well. <gasps> I've just done a Google. <laughs> no. There you go. How about that as an interesting story? And I suppose. You know, you've mentioned that the the script and the storyline for that film was a bit numb. It's the same across Hollywood and TV. Now, you know, I think we touched on this as well previously, that stupid bag of shit program that David Tennant was in where he played a vicar. Oh, God, don't, don't get me. Don't, don't. Jeez. No, 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 no. <laughs> that that program I'm, I'm got all, me very angry. I'm all for you know when you're watching something and there's a noise in the cellar and somebody goes downstairs. I'm all for no, don't go in the cellar because that's a trope. You know that's something where it's supposed to happen because it's within that envelope. But that program, oh, and and it's a thing that I'm finding more and more of you know as you watch because you have to watch stuff to review things i'm finding more and more programs and films where characters of um invisible air quotes dear listener um of alleged intelligence are making these 90 degree 90 degree decisions which completely alters the landscape of the program or the film 
And that program with David Tennant was an absolute classic case. It was an example of scriptwriters taking the piss so much. You just think to yourself, you know, if, they, if it was on the BBC, you would have paid for it directly. And could you imagine how you would have felt? It was on the BBC, wasn't it? It was on the BBC, yeah. Oh, I feel even worse about it now. That programme would have been great if it was the Stanley Tucci character and his sidekick, so to speak. That that side was... That would have been I great. I enjoyed that bit. Totally. That, was totally. Re- that, that had premise. Yeah. As for that other story with David Tennant, yeah. I just... I like him as an actor, but dear Lord, mm-hmm. he needs some advice not to go for those sorts of things. I know yeah. why, because the script writer is, he's worked with on numerous occasions, but it's no it, bloody excuse though, is it? No, it was just so, it, and now they've got that ending from it, not giving anything away. So no spoilers, don't worry. But the ending of it just sort of paves it up for a next series. Okay. You've dangled a carrot that I'm quite intrigued. How the heck has that character got there yeah. with that character. Yeah. And I will watch it and I will shout at my television as much as yeah. I did throughout the last one. See, Every see, time I will... David, David Tennant's character did something, I just shout, you're an idiot. Why did you do? Oh, yeah. now you've done that. Now you've got his flash drive. Well, I've done yeah. that. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it, it beggared belief to the point where it was infuriating. Uh, yeah, the, the, that's the, it. There's lots, there's lots of that now. You know, you, you see in... Um, particularly female characters, which which bothers me. But you see female characters who are in positions of authority or maybe it's a police officer or a judge or something, and they go and make a complete dickhead decision, mm. which being professional, they wouldn't do. Mm. They just wouldn't do it. And you think to yourself, it's all just lazy, lazy script writing. It's, it's this um, development meeting where somebody goes, well, it's, uh, it's like... Jurassic Park meets the Smurfs meets the Matrix. Um, That's Avatar. But in, yeah, but in 3D. And you think to yourself, is that it? Is that what we're left with now? That some 18 year old. They'll come up with the name first. Yeah. Yeah. And then go back to think, right, or, or we need a vehicle for this star. Although okay. that can work, though, because Snakes on a Plane got its name first. Yeah, true. Thought yeah, not. okay, and it's not a good film, but it's a, it's you know it's it's good, bad, bad, good. Whichever I just say. I look forward to the first Oscar that goes to AI. <laughs> <laughs> it's already it's already been done. It it must have. I, I South Park. I, I, South Park. They did an entire episode written by ChatGBT. Yeah, yeah. The last episode but, just went out. It's it's completely written by AI. But the thing is that somebody somewhere as part of a, an award-winning script has used an AI already. Of course they are. They must have some of the crap that's out there. <laughs> They've got to. There's no way that you're telling me that half of the crap that's on the telly now is written by humans. Maybe it's a sign of our, our time, our situation, our system. It's all broken. Uh, I, I, th- I think it's a sign of the the dumbing down that we've accepted you know we, we've we've accepted that we don't want to be challenged by news and 
the media, you know, we want to be like force-fed, lukewarm, reasonably happy. Because when we fear, when we hear about the real things, then we start to panic and go, oh. So, you know, Is that the, why we watch the, the Last of Us? Because well, you watch it and you think, well, it can't be that bad, so we must be all right. <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? You watch it and you go, Joel, Ellie, really? Come and live in the UK with the rate of inflation we've got at the moment. <laughs> I'll take your situation over ours any day. You know, you've got you, it you've got a you've got a living crisis. We've got a cost of living crisis. Yeah, yeah. You don't know you're born, young lady. Get on with it. <laughs> and that's you know, but but how rare is that then? That that show that The Last of Us. How rare is it that a show was written and stayed consistently true? from beginning to end, that no stupid decisions were made by characters, that no statements were made out of character, that nobody's character had a massive U-turn or a sudden divergence, that it just stayed true all the way through it. I think that's really, really rare. But is that a case that the source material and the time that was released... Yeah. is pre pre this what we're discussing yeah, possibly possibly and i think it's also the fact that the source material has such a huge fan base mm. that if you were to start faffing around with that you're going to alienate a chunk of your audience straight away mm. but that wouldn't stop your typical scriptwriter today from going well what if ellie pulls a bazooka out of a pocket and shoots the bloaters or what if Ellie jumps on a dragon and chases the zombies away? Yeah, it's just, it's lazy. A game of us. <laughs> yeah. What, the last what, of thrones. Yeah. What if Ellie, at the end of season one, when she's looking at Joel, puts a hand in a pocket and says, well, I've still got this ring to get rid of, Joel. When are we going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> And in the background, just here. <laughs> Absolutely. Joel goes, my precious. <laughs> precious. I'm going to go out the out the barn doors and say, Ace of Spades. There you go. <laughs> Done it. That, that is... That, Mic that, drop out. I am looking forward to the next Guardians of the Galaxy, though. No. God, no. It's just... What's going to happen? In reality, what's going to happen? One or two of the characters will be killed because it's the last one that they're going to make in this in this present guise. So you're going to get one or two characters killed, um, and one or two characters will will form a, a romantic relationship. Or one the thing or two is, all this has been all this has been leaked already, so we already know who it is. Yeah. So what's the point then? Big dumb fun. <sighs> I'm not even convinced that they... That's your Tinder profile. (laughs) (laughs) Big, dumb, fun. Ready for you. BDF. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm not convinced that they kept the quality up for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I quite enjoyed that. Quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it was BDF. Big, dumb, fun. Coming for you. Um, that really oh, should be, that really should be my Tinder profile, apart from the fact I'm married. So I don't think it'll go down too well. You could use it as your uh, grinder profile. 
You knew that one was coming, didn't you? That's what she said. <laughs> so let, let's stop. Uh, let's stop attacking Hollywood and the scriptwriters. Then let's have a go at hmm, a question that we were going to use in one of the episodes that we never used. Okay. When our current generation of rock gods are gone, who's, <gasps> going, who's going to replace them? So, Jesus. your McCartney's, your Metallica's, all all of these people that are doing the, you know, everybody over fifty. Let's say that. So, everybody from Dave Grohl to Paul McCartney, that age group, really, really successful, massive back catalogs, icons. They've created music and changed cultural you know, section, sections of culture by their their output. Who's going to replace that? Yeah. So, yeah, who would replace the rock gods? I, I, I know, I've been reading a, a, a few books recently on... Um, no, mate, they're called jazz mags, not books. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, yeah. Jazz music. <laughs> hey! <laughs> he plays a main trumpet. It's in the blue note. <laughs> um, but they're saying that periods of music are, are, are limited to a period. I can't remember if they said it's like 40 years. It might even be less than that. But you look at a period of, of a, a type of music that's the most popular. So if you look at like rock, it, it it's reached its zenith, been and gone. So then what's the next thing? A lot of people are saying rap. Okay, when that dies, then what's the what's the next thing? So by saying death of the rock gods, it that's making it quite genre specific. But I'll say music gods then. So you can include yeah, I like- don't you know, uh, is he really a, a god? He's an icon. You know, um, his his name's just the, the guy with the big clock at Public Enemy. Randy Randy MC. No, no. Uh, uh, oh God, uh, sorry. Yeah, no. Um. Oh my God, my brain's just got a hundred and fifty tongue. Or say Doctor Dre then, somebody of his age. But yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he'll be an icon. Yeah, totally. Um, Jay Z, to some degree. Yeah, he's he's an icon. They are very much in that current icons. Mm. If you look at who are the up and coming, you know, you jokingly said Sam Smith, but Sam Smith is in that age group of that level. Ari- of Ariana Grande. <laughs> It's a Billie Eilish. The the thing Adele. is, the thing is that when we look at rock musical gods, we look at people. The people that have earned their stripes, the people that have worked their way up and through. So Adele's Adele's a pretty good shout because she started off open mic, guitar, singing, and worked her way through. Um. Well, there you're putting a very important point as to what makes the value of a rock god, which is guitar, creativity, musicianship, yeah, and the ability to write their own music. Totally, and that th- those are the sort of elements that we associate with a rock, a, a, a musical god. So I keep saying rock god because it's just 
easier but a musical god is someone that has that creativity and can do it themselves yeah um whereas a manufactured pop act who more than likely doesn't write their own tracks Mm -hmm. maybe writes the lyrics but probably does it with someone that they're assigned a songwriter they're assigned to work with yeah um but as we've alluded to before if you look at the amount of writers on songs these days it's not just one or two it's like a handful it takes crazy crazy how many how many songwriters does it to change a light bulb because i think if you look at the at the charts now if you look at the album charts for what album sales are worth nowadays and you look at the top 30 just how many of those acts will be around in five years time let alone 10 15 20 years time which puts you into that icon status well you've also got the issue i would say again this is personal opinion you've got the issue of the the state of the music industry today mm-hmm. whereas everything is a, is a it's not even a fast buck because no one makes any money in music anymore unless you're touring or selling merch yeah but we do, the, the traditional album, I would say, is is sadly a dying format. Totally, because of the use of Spotify. Not, I'm not just singling Spotify out. All platforms do it, but Spotify is the best at doing it. It's based on playlists and cur- curation of playlists. Back in our day, it were mixtape. Yeah, <laughs> you take out a C60. And you, you you'd sit down and do your playlist, but it was all about albums. Albums were what sold, mm. but the, they were what shifted. The single was, is, and always will be the marketing piece for the album. Totally, totally. But with digital music now, you can have the album, you can have the extended version of the album, you can have all these different versions of an album mm. that it it starts to make the the format of an album redundant to a point um if you look through album and the amount of listening figures the standout tracks which are usually singles or the ones that get the most play somewhere or other or not so much radio now i'd say more on a they're queued up with a netflix show or what have you yeah yeah yeah. they're the ones with higher listen numbers you can go through an album actually see i saw one the other day where two songs really had massive numbers but then two had none they actually had no listening figures whatsoever because people it's won't str- go and listen strange. to the album. And that's sad because of the, the the amount of effort that would go into the format and running order of an album Yeah, used to be a, a really big thing. Mm. Um, and also for old albums that are turning 50, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, All the tracks run into each other. Virtually mm. all the tracks run into each other. And there's a narrative to that album. Yeah, same, yeah, with, yeah. same with The Wall. But that's a different oh, I though, time of music. When when you were when when your music taste was forming, I know I did. There'd be I'd have an album, and there'd be songs on an album I didn't like, hmm. and I would skip them. It's just that now we can see millions of people doing skip track. But the the listener numbers are so low, and the examples I've given yeah. on other tracks as well. You know yeah. that there's just two, and more often than not, it's because those two tracks are on playlists curated through the system. Right. So yeah. they'll like be in a, the best of 90s or best of noughties or yeah, best yeah. rock anthems, best rock anthems to run to. They'll be on those lists, so they'll get ro- rotated to play. So um, will will the next will the next music icon or music god then be decided by Spotify? 
not Ooh, by the public and the success with the public. It would have to be defined by the public, though, because they're the ones that are listening. The algorithm no, could no, inform no, you, can inform you who to listen to and who should be there, but I would say the listener number, the listeners will decide. Do you I look th- at the charts now? It's physical formats and digital streaming. Yeah, I think that a lot of kids these days are listening to a few tracks lots of times, whereas we used to listen to lots of tracks lots of times. True. And hence what you tend to find when you get down to a, a you know, the, 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 the mid-teens, early 20s is their music radar is far narrower that they haven't been exposed to other genres Mm. that they have very little knowledge of um, artists before so they'll hear a cover and go oh I like this that's a cover what or this was written by who you know you get a lot of that and that pisses me off you know because when I when I got into music I I researched i learned about mm. who the musicians were i asked people who were older than me and said who is this where can i learn more about this and i don't think that's the same now i think because it's it's almost like instant credit it's that instant hit is that here's a single you're going to like like the single and then i'll give you another one which you're going to like and then i'll give you another one you're going to like you don't need to experiment you don't need to explore i'm just going to dish them up to you so mm. is, the, is the majority of music now consumed via curated playlists? I believe it is from what I've read a few articles. <clears> I guess <throat> that Curated playlists will stand a lot for it. I think it's an interesting when you say we go where research and how that doesn't happen anymore. I, I would say there are some, not, not to just oh, tar with one brush, that there are some, yeah, that do, yeah, but I was yeah. exactly the same. It's why I now buy vinyl again, because it, I love reading the sleeve notes. I'm that kind yeah. of a nerd. I like the sleeve notes. I like to see who's written what, who's produced what, who's the, mm. the whole thing. I still do it now with stuff I find on streaming. I'll go up on Wikipedia or, or the band's yeah. website and try and find out as much as I can about the track, about the band, and read up on yeah. it. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's much easier to do me. now, but I think that you are in the minority. I think the yeah. majority of people now l- listen and consume via recommendation. You know, Netflix does it. Netflix says, um, here's something we think you might enjoy. You know, it, mm. it's like when you go into, um, oh, think of an example. You go into a card. No, you go into Curry's or PC World, what they're, whatever they're called now, and you say, I'm looking for a cooker. Okay. They've been told which cookers to sell that week. Mm. Yeah. So straight off, you're getting a recommendation. They'll mm. they'll take the size and the color and they'll go, I've got to sell you this one. My boss has said I've got to sell you this one. Okay. So you think you're going in with free will. You think you're opening Spotify with free will. You think you're opening Netflix with free will. But it's already predestined that the recommendation oh, is going God. to be there for you. I fully well appreciate logging into Spotify. I'm going to be served stuff because I like to try and break the algorithm because it it adapts so well to what you like. It does it a little too well. 
yeah. so that at points you can be served the same songs on different playlists. And I find yeah. I'm in a little, I'm in a little bubble. And my God, the nineties and early nineties of indie and grunge <laughs> are just fantastic. And I like being there. Don't believe me, I love it. Yeah. But occasionally, yeah. I really want to break out, and that's why I think something like their release radar and yeah. Um, other players that curates for you are really good because it's like we know you like this but you might like exactly what you're saying netflix we know you like this you might like that um but the the annoying thing is it's so right yeah clever little algorithm i mean that's years of years and years of data they've got of how Mm. users are, 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 are interacting with music what they're listening to what they go on to listen to i i put trust in that algorithm and at points it is a little frightening. At points you think, yeah. why are you recommending me that? Yeah. Why, I think why it's do I want to listen to Steps again? Yeah, it's, it's, again. <laughs> the weirdest accent I think I've ever heard. I've never heard Kels on Parker talk, and I, I really must to, to do a bit of comparison. But it was one of these ones where his accent was of no fixed abode <laughs> and, and, and kept on shifting around. So next generation of Icon... Well, I, sadly... <laughs> You know who's going to be on that list, don't you? Who's that? Ed Sheeran. No, I don't think so. I, I think so. Seriously? Yeah, I, I'm not a fan. Technically, um, technically very, very talented. Yes. The the way he can manipulate that the loop board and all that, very, very, very competent, very, mm. very gifted that way. Songs, though, Jesus Christ, cut my ears off. I, I didn't know he'd written that one. <laughs> wonder what but kind yeah. of wonder what kind of loop you'd put underneath that. <laughs> slice ah, slice ah. I think he will be because he's been such a big player in the music industry. Think of all the collaborations player. he's done as well. The player, player. The, the stadium tours he's done for one man and a loop board. <laughs> that was the, that's the name of his next tour. <laughs> <laughs> one man and a looper. Yeah, I, I think you're more than probably right, but I think I'd, I'd like to put money on somebody like Taylor Swift. Oh, hands down. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you, what, sorry, I, pants down? <laughs> sorry, you said Taylor Swift. It was the immediate reaction. She she will be, definitely. She's, I yeah, I agree there. I think even now you could start to put her into that, hmm. into that, um, not genre, what's the word I'm looking for? Into that pantheon yeah i think there's more female candidates to be yes music icons than there are male candidates i feel that a Good lot point. of male artists nowadays are completely disposable and it seems to be the female artists that are racking up the the longevity again not a fan but somebody like pink mm. you know she has consistent sales really significant numbers in sales shifts loads of tickets and seems to be fairly consistent in a theme, you know, a type of music. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's, she's got to be up there, you know, Taylor Swift, Pink. I think Adele will get there if she stays in music. Now that's an interesting one. Why did you say that? Are you sort of thinking she'll do Vegas and then go? I, I think she will. Do Vegas, then concentrate on a family. Mm. Yeah. Because don't forget this Vegas stint. It must be 
God, I can't even imagine how much hard work that is. Mm. The stress yeah. on that. It's I'm sure she's getting handsomely paid for it and it'll be it'll be compensation enough, but the mental and physical stress doing something like that must be mm. dramatic. And I can see her concentrating on her family there. And I think mm. that would then possibly take her out of the loop or just bring her back a little bit. Mm. I, I just I just can't think off the top of my head, you know. If they were more successful, and I wish they were, but um, Justin Hawkins out of the darkness. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan. Uh, it's one of the best gigs I've ever been to. And yeah. I hear they're touring again this year. I really want to go. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. I think there's a... a <laughs> unbearable weight of massive talent that man has yeah um yeah he's so intelligent he's so well informed but he is so musically gifted as well Mm. but they're not as successful as they could be if they just shifted a little bit Mm. well they their output is fantastic um i just don't think they hit the mainstream audience he openly saying that they they were treated as a novelty band in the first album. And, and you sort of get that. And then they cemented that with Christmas time. Don't let the bells end. Um, yeah. And, they, but the albums since that are fantastic. There's a bit of tongue in cheek in all of them, but they're, they're just great, great music. Um, they, they are. One, one, one I'd probably put out there is going back to your female one. That's really made me think actually, because I think you're onto something there. Another one that I put on there is, again, not my sort of thing, but there are some songs of hers I really, really do genuinely like, but Miley Cyrus. No. I think she'll be, she won't be God status, um, but I think she'll be somewhere teetering underneath that because she's such a celebrity. Mm. Um, and there are some, there's some great stuff there. She's got a massive fan base. I, I think you're right. I, I, I think you're right, but I think she's. <laughs> she annoys the crap out of me. I tell you, you could add into that who we mentioned in the last episode, who I also have a hate thing for, is Lady Gaga. Yeah, and the, and there's times where her clothing has been yeah, and that isn't the female thing. It's you know, there's an artist called Youngblood who loves yep. to be near naked all the time, and he's shit. How the, f- the flipping heck? He's famous for anything apart from being daft is beyond me. <laughs> he's got some kind of massive following in Germany. And I'm like... Oh, no, he's... Been, well, yeah, he's... Uh, uh, worldwide America, I think, as yeah, well. But, well, there's two countries that don't get irony. <laughs> you know, do they not know this guy is not talented? That he is just your standard everyday plonker that you can find in any city but he's put a bit of Lipia mascara on. Hey, he's making a living out of it. Yeah, which is part of the travesty of it all, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but Miley Cyrus, no. no. Uh, now, this this is a bit of a curveball possibility here. You're going to hate it, okay? You are really going to hate this name. But if you look at what he and his band are doing at the moment, it's very on fleek. Chris Martin. (laughs) 
there aren't enough swear words to describe your face at the moment. Hey, I I've seen Coldplay live, <gasps> and you admit and it, it, and it was <laughs> it was it it was an event. I mean, it's you get swept up in it. Yeah. They are great live bands. It was an event. So's being yeah. sick. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you see a cat or a dog do it. Whoa. Um, <laughs> but it. That's what you she really said. Do- <laughs> 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. You really do. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I'm a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> oh, you really do get caught up in the moment. <laughs> Are we going back to episode nine? <laughs> yes. I was at a Coldplay concert. <laughs> and this you lovely really man called get... Gustav came up to me and said, <laughs> you look like you're cold. Shall we play? <laughs> and I said, don't you look so yellow? <laughs> <laughs> And I, and I saw, I saw he had an arm, which is so I said, let me fix you. Oh, dear God. <laughs> uh, uh, and then God put a smile upon his face. <laughs> he was so cold and he could do a shiver. Oh. Anyway, bringing it back. Oh. <laughs> Did you sit on something Did you say something funny then? Bringing it back. Oh, Gustav, move out of my chair. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Right. Something in the testicular area. Let me, let me. (laughs) Yes. I have sat on peanuts. (laughs) Peanuts. (laughs) No, these nuts. (laughs) Mine are testicular. (laughs) Testicular. (laughs) I saw Coldplay like they were at an event. It was it was a good stadium gig. Yeah. Um, did leave during the encore, but <laughs> <laughs> not a reflection on them. It it was great. You really do get swept up in it. I <laughs> I think I've alluded to it. Have I said it on this podcast? I've said it to someone. I said, yeah, you know, there there was a Coldplay song on the radio the other day. I think it was off their first or second album. You know, when Coldplay were good, because <laughs> they've evolved into into a sort of well, not sort of. They've evolved into a pop band, pop group, really. I mean, yeah, the the collaborations they're doing, I they they're good at what they do. I think they're our or my generation's U two. They they follow a similar trajectory, yeah, changing are, yeah. of style, yeah. uh, and an arrogant up his own bum frontman. Um, it's but that's why I think he stands a shout of being. Oh, he an will icon. be. Yeah, yeah. And he with will all be. of the the you know planet friendly eco dance floors, you know the the audience jump up and down to power the speakers, you know all, all of mm. that. I think that will that will put him in really good stead. Uh, yeah, I agree. It isn't. You could go down quite a rabbit hole with that one because I possibly put Damon Albarn in the similar sort of vein. In that, I don't know if he'd be a, a god, but look at what the man's done through Blur, his solo career, yeah. through the Good, Bad, the Queen, Gorillas. Yeah. Um, there's a lot there, and again, that could go back to the the argument of playing your own instruments, writing your own songs. He's a, he's a creative yeah. force. I don't think yeah. he'll be a god but i think he'll be 
Do you know who, who for, he'll for be? what he's done? He will be the new Tom Waits. No. Bit, no, no, he's, no, he's no. A, he always comes across no. as being a little bit mucky, Damon. As in dirty, as in not rude, but as in but, needs a bloody good scrub. Oh, he does, but he's, what, Cockney Tom Waits? Uh, well, would that be Joe Tom Cocker Wait- then? Tom- <laughs> no, I th- I'm thinking that that kind of shadowy figure on the sideline. Oh, I suppose if you put it like that, yeah, I get I get your case in point, but I, I'm a big Tom Waits fan. I just think yeah. he's magical. Um, his 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 music and his songs are like are like little films. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's he building in there? Things. He's just fantastic. Um, so I suppose from the perspective of someone on the sidelines in the in lurking in the shadows yeah, yeah. that's not that's not a, a god or, or a, no no like and, that, I, and but... I don't think he'll achieve that true god status. no i don't think he'll just just be off to the side the, like then Paul you've got no, nolan nolan liam in there then liam no no overrated well Massive. according to dave Grohl, he is the last of the rock stars yeah but dave Grohl wasn't right about everything because he got Kirk Cobain a 28th birthday present. <laughs> oh, dear. Nah, I just... Will either of the Gallagher brothers be that big? Yeah, I think you're right. It will be Liam. But Noel will always have the far talent <laughs> oh, yeah, he'll have he'll have all the talent and he will enjoy making his brother pay a license to perform his songs yeah, yeah that's is, the irony of the whole that, thing yeah, every time I, he yeah. performs a song yeah that's that's what i don't get with liam gallagher i don't get this you know this attitude this display he puts on all the time and he says he, he's really rude about noel gallagher he's really really mm. rude about him but then pays him yeah you're like brotherly like, love. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. You can't say, "Oh, he's 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 not my kind of person." He's Arnold, um, but he's a five a kid, so I can sing Wonderwall. Mm. Yeah, I think um, he said that. <laughs> Noel Gallagher's output now is just showing that he's a man in the midlife crisis. Oh, <laughs> that was probably the harshest thing. Uh, I, th- I think it is. It's a harsh thing to say, but it's complete bullshit. Yeah, Noel Gallagher's. High flying birds, fantastic! I'm going to see I, them this year. I, I think wait. Noel Gallagher's output as High Flying Birds is better than Oasis. Yeah, I, I yes, I, yeah. There are some absolute gems in there. Oh, there are so, some amazing songs which could only been written by a far more mature artist, by somebody who's taken his music history very, very seriously. Yeah. And, real, and realised that 20 years of ripping the Beatles off was just his foundation course. Well, he's evolved. That's what an oh, artist should do. He's hugely, evolved, whereas Liam hugely. is still stuck in Oasis land. Because that, and, he's got that lad culture behind him. Yeah, and that's what it is. And that's that's what his audience. Want. Yeah. Um, so I just picked up um, Back the Way We Came, the, the sort of current greatest hits of Noel Gallagher. If and I had to listen. Yeah, the lyrics and that. Um, everybody's on the run. Death of you and me. 
Oh, great. That, that's I tell a, you what a, a life sequel. is a great tune. That uh, Death of You and Me is a sequel to um, The Importance yes. of Being Earnest. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, Black Star Dancing, great. Great. Love that. What? I mean, that's a, a double double gatefold vinyl I've got yeah. here. It's just, it's just, I put it on and I love it. Mm. Track after track. I, I think I think a lot of that is the uh, musicians you surround yourself with. So if you surround, <laughs> yeah, but if you surround yourself with play with musicians who are interested in doing new things, mm. then you experiment. If like Liam, you want um a tribute act so you can do oasis songs and stay in that vein then that's what you do that's what you get well he's got noel's got um johnny marr on there i think uh paul weller i think his his bassist is the bassist from um oh god my brain's just imploded uh who is the band that did The Zootons, that's it. Oh, right. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah bassist from the Zootons. I can't Ooh, remember the Zootons. who. Mm, a sax player. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Hello. They. I can't Sorry. remember who else he's got playing on there. I think, didn't he take two, a couple of members of Oasis? Doesn't he got the, 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 the Oasis jam. drummer? Oh. Yeah. I can't remember. They sort of split somewhere, no, had, with, um, somewhere with Noel. Didn't he have Zach Starkey with him for a while? Don't think so. Yeah. He might have done. Yeah, he might have done. He plays in those circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he just like you say, surrounds himself with great musicians, good producers, David Holmes, um, yeah. to just bring something different to the mix. That's what an artist should do, and that's what an artist who's comfortable enough to to sort of <laughs> sit back and be able to do that because of what he's earned and yeah. the both as a person and also in a monetary sense, yeah. the, the the value that he's got from all that, he can sit back and take these chances and output what he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the beauty of it is his output is is great. So yeah, maybe he's not gonna be a I don't know if he'd be a god, but I think he'll be I think he'll be I think he'll be, be like Yeah, that's it. I was just gonna think it's more like how the Britpop bands saw the bands of the 60s and 70s is that maybe upcoming bands will see Noel in that similar vein like Paul Weller because when Paul Weller went to do the Help album the charity album Help um, turned up yeah he 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 looked at the kinks Mm. when he he started the jam then Oasis looked at the jam and Paul Weller's other work Star Council etc when they started to to try and branch out away from the Beatles a little bit more and everybody knows that Paul Weller and Noel Gallagher are best mates. So yeah, mm. it's it's a natural. I mean, Stan, Stan, Stanley, Stanley Road, Road is <gasps> what an one album. of the best albums oh, of that sake. era, and that came out in the the heat of Britpop. But what oh. an album to come out of that time because it it fitted so well with Britpop, but was a homage yeah. to everything that had been before yeah. and everything that was there at that time. And I yeah. just think that is that that is uh, that album is just a. a a, a lesson in the craft of songwriting. I think it's his best album. Oh, totally agree. Yeah, yeah completely, yeah. hands down. I think absolutely. It, I think he's come close a couple of times, or partially close a couple of times. But uh, for me, that's his best album. It's uh, it's his finest work since Setting Suns on the Jam. 
You do something to me, as in the song. I'm not just paying you a compliment. <laughs> I thought that was an invitation, um, then. <laughs> <laughs> but Any you do something to me. <laughs> You do, you do something, something to, to me. me. <laughs> something deep inside. <laughs> really? What was he writing about? Uh, you had to I bring that song up. Pick another Paul Weller song quickly. Peacock suit. Pebbles on a beach. Like pebbles oh, on peacock. a beach. Yeah. Great song. But yeah, Peacock Suit. What a rocker of a song. Yeah. And not on that album, but on a, a much later album, there's a song called um, From the Floorboards Up. Yeah. Which is just as rocking as, as Peacock yeah. Suit. Great yeah. song. Yeah. But he also wrote Wildwood, which I think is a great acoustic song. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he wrote and, it, but he did a really good good version of Sweet Pea. Well, I think he must yes. have written that one. Yeah, I think I he think did write, he wrote it. that. Yeah, very, very close. We guy. are the Paul Weller Appreciation Society. Do, 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 do. We are the Music Appreciation Society. I was also paying reference to the Kinks. We are the Village Green Preservation Society there, listeners. Okay. All right, little mister. Oh, and I saw a train, and it was called the number 12345, and it had green wellies on it. And? Uh, a yellow scarf. Um, yes. A check hat. A oh, yes. Hat. Oh, right. Little red hat. Hello, train with little red hat. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Get out of the track. Bugger off. I wish you could have seen it. <laughs> it's the way you just went like that. Stop. Can't. I got to walk away. So, Dan. Um, now that my ribs are absolutely killing me from laughing too much, would you mind taking us home, please? Well, dear listener, <laughs> it's a final goodbye from us as we bid not this final. season. Hang, hang on, hang on, not final. Hang, hang on. All right. After the Back in your box. Sorry. Pull down the lid. Sorry. Shut your Sorry. cake hole. As I was saying, dear listener, fare thee well. (laughs) We will be back. Oh, yes, we will be back with an even more exciting season two. You've listened to our grumps. You've listened to our non-grumps. So from two grumpy men, we say... Adios, amigo. We'll be back. Toodles. This has been a One Grump or Two podcast production. Thanks for listening.